bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. The pressure of our expectations, what people expect from us. When you go through life and you are, for example, a firstborn in your family, there's so much expectation. Your father is so-and-so and everybody expects you to be great. Your father is a lawyer, they expect you to be a lawyer. If you become an artist, you seem like a disappointment. So you're supposed to be a lawyer for the family, but you sit in the law class and nothing works for you. All those Latin phrases can't work for you. Your, do your father was a major doctor, so everybody says, oh, you're supposed to be a doctor. You sit in medical school, you can't figure it out. You hate blood, you hate dead bodies, but you're supposed to be a doctor. Because the expectation is you must be a doctor. And that expectation is killing you. It gives a spirit of fear. And many of us are struggling with expectations that have been placed on us. What the world wants us to become, which is not what we want to become. And that is giving you a spirit fear and the fourth way that the spirit of fear comes upon us is the persecution of our opponents Timothy had a lot of them because in those days there were false teachers who were constantly teaching the wrong doctrine and Paul would tell Timothy be bold correct them correct them when they teach the false doctrine but how can a young man correct people uh, when you think that those people are elders and they're teaching a false doctrine the opponents the pressure of your opponents the pressure of opposition the pressure of what comes against you so each one of us who has a desire for life is dealing with the persecution of opponents the pressure of expectations persistence of our doubts the presence of our handicaps and everybody deals with this one way or the other I deal with it and if I deal with it as your pastor I suppose you also deal with it maybe you are stronger so you don't deal with it but I deal with it I've dealt with it as a pastor as a young pastor when I started pastoring I was in my 20s and I had to be counseling people who were my parents age and sometimes correct them. How are you going to correct somebody who looks far older than you? Because as an African, you are, you are taught to respect the elders. But now the elder is under you. You're supposed to correct them. And you feel intimidated. Or you meet people who know far more than you. And you feel intimidated. You feel incapable. And the spirit of timidity comes upon you. Where you feel, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't measure up. Oh, I'm not able. But Paul is telling us by the scripture that that spirit that comes upon you that tells you, oh, I'm not capable. Oh, I can't do it. It's not from God. 
Although you are young, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Although you have a physical ailment, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Although you have opponents, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Although you have a past, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Because God has not given you the spirit of fear. It's not from God. It's from the devil. How does the spirit of fear work? How does it work? When a person has a spirit of fear, how does it manifest? Psalm 55, verse 3 to 8. Very interesting psalm. And it tells you how the spirit of fear works in the lives of people. Psalm 55, verse 3 to 8. It says, because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen over me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. Does it look like somebody who has a spirit of fear? Yes, it does. Heart palpitation. Fear. Trembling. Horror. Overwhelm me. Now, when that spirit of fear is present, how does it work? From verse 6, you see how it works. So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I will fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I will wander off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. I will hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. The three things that he tells us would occur when the spirit of fear is present in our lives. Three things. And for each one of us, these three things will knock on your door when the spirit of fear is at work in love. The first is flight. Flight. He says, I will fly away. This refers to avoiding the problem. I will fly away and be at rest. A sense of false peace. When you have issues to deal with, but act as if there is nothing. Ah, fly away. And there are many people who are dealing with a spirit of fear, and all they do is fly away and be at rest. It's like a man who has children and needs to take care of the children. Maybe you have two children with, a, with your wife or a woman. You need to Take care of their clothes, take care of the education, take care of the upbringing, but your pay is not elastic. And your pay cannot accommodate that. So what do they do? Fly away. Fly away. Sometimes a man just goes to live somewhere. Don't worry me. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. But you brother children, don't worry me. I want to be at rest. It is the spirit of fear that makes you run away from your problems. 
Don't bother me. Give me peace. I need peace. Well, then don't produce children. People who run away from their problem fly off. And there are a lot of people who have flown off. They can't face the problem. So, oh, that I had a wings of a dove, I will fly away and be at rest. Because my enemies and the fear is, is bugging me. Well, anytime you have problem and you feel like flying away, just remember it's not of God. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. There are a lot of Ghanaians who have flown away to America. <laughs> Some have flown away to Germany. Some have flown away to where else? Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and they have huge responsibilities here. Some have sick parents, but they've flown away. I don't want to be bothered with my mother's sickness. I don't want to be bothered with my father's sickness. It's too many problems. It's, I just want to have peace. It's the spirit of fear. Because the problem is too hard for you. Or people are in debt. You owe money. More than Ghana government. <laughs> and you feel, oh, let me fly away. As if when you fly away, your problems will be solved by itself. Have you noticed problems don't solve themselves? Most of the time, they complicate themselves. Instead of facing the issue, we fly away. So the psalmist said, my problems are many. I want to fly away. Anytime you feel that sense, remember, it is a spirit of fear. But God has not given you the spirit of fear. Don't fly away. Tell your neighbor, don't fly. Don't fly yet. The second thing that the psalmist says he's going to do when the spirit of fear comes is, is wandering. He says, I will wander far off. I will wander. This refers to moving from place to place. Not settling anywhere. You feel lost in the world. One moment you're here, next moment you're gone. Next moment you're here, next moment you're gone. As a matter of fact, people do a lot of this with churches. One moment they're in this church, then they go to another church, then they go to another church, then they go to another church. They just wander from church to church. What is happening? They are wondering why. There's a spirit of fear. Just keep moving. Never settling. Keep moving and moving and moving and moving. I wander off. As a matter of fact, the psalmist said, I wander off to the wilderness. I, I would just move to nothing. It's better to be in the wilderness than to face the problem. And the third manifestation or the third effect of the spirit of fear is escape. He says, I will hasten my escape. This refers to taking refuge in temporary relief. What could a temporary relief be? It could be alcohol. Let me drink my sorrows away. 
drugs. I hear these days people are taking a legitimately prescribed uh, pain relief, tramadol, to escape. To escape. Some people take alcohol, people take drugs, people take marijuana, people just get into sex, running away for sex, for fun, for entertainment, just to occupy emptiness. Some are trying to escape their inner emptiness. They feel dry. Some are escaping the stress of their marriages. Some are running away from painful memories. You can't escape. You have to stay and deal with the problem because God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. He didn't call us to escape. He didn't call us to fly away. He didn't call us to wander off. As bad as the situation is, I came here to tell somebody you can face it and you will win it. It seems terrifying. It seems intimidating. Your stomach is turning into circles. Your heart is beating. You are stressed. That's all right. But remember, all that effect is not from God. God never promised us a problem-free life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. God never said you will not have problems. You're going to have them. But you will come out of them. You will succeed. You will not fly away. You will not wander off. You will not escape. You're not going to start taking up alcohol. You're not going to drink your sorrows away because alcohol cannot take your sorrows away. It complicates your sorrows with a headache. You're going to wake up the next morning with a hangover and the problem still hanging in there. You cannot deal with sex. You're going to go and have your fun and come and face the problem and now you're wondering, did I get AIDS too? <laughs> Don't complicate your problem. Don't fly away. Don't wander off. Don't escape. Stand and face it. God has not given us the spirit of fear. I don't know what you're dealing with in life. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're faced with. I don't know what the enemy has brought against you. Maybe you feel inadequate. You feel so small. You feel incapable. And you feel like running. But that edge to run is not from God. It's not from God. So how are we going to deal with this spirit of fear? Jesus tells us a few things. But before we get to what Jesus says, look at what Paul says to Timothy. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. How are we going to do, deal with the spirit of fear? He says, remember your story. Know where God has brought you from. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, 
which dwell first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you. He says to Timothy, remember where you are coming from. Remember the journey God has taken you on. It may not always be your ancestry, but each one of us have a journey of grace with God. Remember how far God has brought you. Remember the journey he's been with you on. To Timothy, he says, remember your mother. Remember your grandmother. Look back and see how I've been faithful to you in the past. And I'll be faithful with you, to you in the present. Maybe it may not be your grandmother or your mother, but look at the journey that God has been with you. And then he says, remember God's grace. Know what God has imparted to you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The word gift in that passage is charisma. Charisma, charisma means an act of grace, a gift of grace. Remember what God has imparted to you. 